0: Okay, so I am told we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shemshon. We're on page Iantes. We began yesterday at the end of the class, the blessing of Elokei Neshama. And we're talking about how uh, the soul that we have, the Neshama, is the overall term for the five levels of the soul. We spoke about how we refer to Hashem as my God, that we have a very personal relationship with Hashem. And this bracha is for the essential person who is the soul. And we were discussing the five levels of the soul and we'll see how that fits into the wording of the prayer. And we ended off by discussing the nefesh, which is the essence of the natural life or force of the person, the pleasures that a person gets in this world, how he interacts with the world. That is the nefesh, the lowest level of the soul. We move on to the next level of the soul that's called the Ruach. And the Ruach is the primary Adam, the primary person, the human being, as opposed to the animalistic part of the human being. And that is the concealed part. And it's the yearning for greatness and the yearning for good and the yearning for holiness and all the other virtuous qualities That are concealed within the autumn. And he's not just what we'd call a Chai. Like, we have a level of Nefesh, you're a Chai, you're alive. You can be someone who's margish, who senses things. That's like an animal, maybe more sophisticated, but still. But the Ruach already is the defining aspect that makes the person an autumn. Okay? and that is a great gift that Hashem created us like an odom and not like an animal and an odom, a person has yearnings for good natural yearnings for the truth that is found with every person you know, you know under normal terms if somebody would ask us for directions to a certain place and a person uh gave wrong directions on purpose we would look askance at such a person we'd say what why, why, why can't you be honest with the guy right so because we have a, a a natural desire to be truthful we have a when you see a one person smacking another person in the street it's it's unpleasant because we have a natural tendency to look for peace that's all part of the ruach that's inside of the person. All the yearnings and all the greatness that's in the person, that's in the ruach, that's the main part of the person. that is makes us an odom, a proper human being. Okay, that's the second level. And those are the two that we are very, very much in touch with. The third level, the shama is already a little bit beyond. In this level of Ruach, a person has desires to get close to Hashem and to reach great levels, but there is a limitation as to how far we can naturally go spiritually and to which after that point we really can't reach for most people. But uh, it's possible that if someone uses all his spiritual talents and is yearning for even more, Hashem could give him aspects, virtues that are beyond his capabilities, and those strengths beyond your capabilities is called the neshama, as neshama, because we're neshima, the breath, as the like the breath that Hashem puts into man. So as ruach is the essence of the virtue of being an adam. All right and the greatness of a person but the neshama means the talents and powers that are beyond us that are reachable but you have to be a really great person to reach that because there is potential everyone's got potential but the likelihood is less the targum that translates the word neshama okay is Ruach HaKodesh it's like divine inspiration and there are people who merited Ruach HaKodesh but that's a level that really is by and large almost not appropriate for us but we need to know it exists one of the students the Arizal once saw the Arizal was sleeping and his lips were moving while he was sleeping and the student got really close to hear what the Rebbe was saying But then the the result got up and he said, what are you doing? And the student said, I wanted to hear what you were saying. To which the said that if I would try to sermonize on what I had in that little dream, and I would sermonize without stop, for 80 years, I still couldn't explain properly what I received when I was asleep from Hashem at that time. So we have no idea what this means, right? But we can give a marshal. Let's say, I'm in this room. I see everything in this room. How long would it take for me to give a precise explanation of everything that's in this room? It would take a long time. Well, let's take a better example. How about in the shul, so many safarim. You can't just say, I was in a room with a lot of safarim. You have to go and explain every safer. Every page and every line, what's in the room? What's in the room? is a lot, to say. it takes me years to say what's in the room. Oh, I see it in one shot. Okay. So we don't have the tools to know what these great people merited when they get their Ruach HaKodesh. But it's like they are seeing what uh, we are hearing, so to speak. And that's neshama. We have no comprehension of what they see and what they understand when it's before them. Right. That is the idea of neshama. So many, most of us are not going to reach that level on any kind of consistent basis. Yes. When person passes away, then why, you say nishama? why you gonna... when we say neshama? Why not We say neshama is the general term. Remember, neshama right. is the general term for all five levels. Yes. Okay. Now. There is a question. Let's say a child takes a little child, a two-year-old child, takes a sitter in his hand, he imitates his father, a davening. Now, he is a child, but at the end of the day, he's a little bit smart. So isn't he embarrassed to try to imitate his father? And the answer is, he doesn't think he's imitating his father. He thinks that's exactly what the father's doing. He doesn't know the father's reading every word inside, and as a whole... Depth to what he's reading. He says, Father is a sitter in front of him. He's moving his lips, and the kid is he's not imitating. He's doing, he thinks he's doing exactly what his father's doing. So, therefore, we might think, I'm going to do exactly the same thing that a big tzaddik does. Exactly what he does, I'm going to copy him. But we have no idea what he's really doing, what he's thinking. And when a tzaddik says, Baruch at Toshemel, Keno so just like an animal doesn't understand what a person is really doing, so we don't really understand what tzaddikim are doing. And that's what the Gemara and Shabbos says. If the earlier generations were like angels, then we're like people. And if the earlier generations are like people, we're like donkeys. In other words, you know, we, we can see other holy people behaving in a certain way, and they may be touching into their world of neshama, but they're behaving in a way that we don't understand what neshama realities are happening. But someone who merits, and he comes in contact with his neshama, he will be able to do things that are beyond natural comprehension. That, that Because the grasp is beyond the nature of a person. So again, uh, The Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer was Rav Nosson Adler, Zichron Levroch. And the Chassam Sofer said about Rav Nosson Adler, he says, there has still not been an angel like my Rebbe. Okay, so that meant he understood that his Rebbe reached a level of Neshama. What they say about the Vilna Gong. he said one time like this, Aristotle, who said that the earth has always existed, as opposed to God created he says Aristotle is a spiteful heretic spiteful heretic why? because Aristotle lived in the times of Shimon at and Shimon at was able to show us through the constellations and to prove to us the world was created by God now the Vilna says I'm not a Tana I'm not an Amora but I still can try to Prove a little bit about God's existence from the sun and the stars and all those things. But certainly, Shem Natsada could have proved this. And that means, we're talking about a, a Jew who has mamish an incredible neshama and is able to tap into that neshama. It exists, but most people can't touch into it. Sometimes we merit a little spark of that neshama. Everyone according to their level. Sometimes we get a little divine assistance a little bit. Sometimes we get a certain arousal to do something that's beyond what we normally can do. We get a feeling and those are sparks of the neshama. Sparks of siyat and Because the neshama really, the the nefesh is totally in our body and the ruach is through our body, through the spirit. But the neshama already is, is not in our body. It manifests in the brain, so it depends what kind of brain you have, but we can get sparks from time to time. So what's in the blood? Nefesh. Nefesh in the body and the neshama is like in the air passages. Manifests that way, but the neshama already manifests, it's not inside your body, it's beyond. But it can manifest into the brain. But uh, for us, maybe we'll get just get sparks. Can we go to a much higher level of Chaya? Chaya is the connection of man to divinity. And this is all beyond, beyond nature. He says a non-Jew and a behemoth, an animal, have a nefesh that gives them life. A Jew, who's a tzaddik, has, has a ruach. And from that he's able to learn Torah, he davens and does good deeds. A person with a neshama is able to have ruach kodesh But who is able to really assimilate the concept of chaya, that higher level which is completely beyond the level of natural? Moshe Rabbeinu, the only one. As he was called the Ish Elohim, the man of God. Or it says, Medaberis the divine spirit spoke through his throat. Okay? Again, these are all we all have a connection to it, but uh, we don't feel it. Remember, this is like imagine you're dealing with a a ladder. So the bottom of the ladder is the is the nefesh. I, I relate to that. I climb. I can climb high enough to get to the ruach. If I really try hard, I can climb up. Maybe I can touch, touch the neshama. Now still on my ladder is chaya and yechida, but it's too high for me to reach. I'm connected to it. I have a connection straight through to it. But it's beyond my reach, as it were. And uh, that's what the, the earlier rabbis are saying, that the, the nefesh and the ruach are called the inner light the neshama is called the surrounding light because it surrounds us from the outside by big tzaddikim even the neshama can be the inner light but the chaya even the tzaddikim is the surrounding light for Moshe even that the chaya was the inner light something he could contain inside these are things that are beyond our, our real understanding and then we have yechida that's the very top unity which only was really experienced by Adam Rishon before the sin. The Malachim, he was so close to Hashem, they almost thought he was like God. So that's an unbelievable closeness. And again, we have, it's part of the ladder, but it's way beyond what we are able to tap into. Now, it's interesting, even though all these levels, we can't tap into them, but doesn't mean we don't have any connections somehow like that idea of the ladder. They're just not part of our cognitive reality. They exist because that's where our life is coming from. God is siphoning life in through the Chayet, through the Yechida, through the Chayet, through the Neshavah. It's all, we're all connected. We don't sense it. what Chaim said, you know, there's an idea. He says a person is also called a Na'al, a Shu. Why is he called a Shu? Because when you have a complete body from top to bottom, the body goes into the shoe. Right? And the shoe is holding the very bottom of the body by the feet. So we are also like the shoe. Our body is like the shoe for ourselves that it, a lot of the soul fits into that aspect. So some of that we can relate to the shoe we relate to. We can relate to the nefesh. That's I'm alive. I have senses. Ruach. I'm a Jew. But when we go higher than that, it, even though they, I'm connected in some way, it's just I'm not aware of all that. Those are the five levels. Now, if you know that, the, now, you don't have to worry about thinking about all these five levels, so to speak, right now but at least will help us understand the meaning of the prayer, Elokay Neshama. So we start again. Elokai, my God. It's like your mamish, my God, have a connection with you. And why are you my God? Why is such a connection? Because neshama and be. You have given me a neshama. That's a piece of you, so to speak. Okay. You've given me a neshama. Now, now we go to the detail, the general term. Now we go to the five levels. So what do we call, it is pure. What does it mean, pure? These are the parts that are way beyond what we can comprehend. That's the in the Yechida. Okay? And that's not who I really am. It's a gift from God, but I can't even appreciate the gift. Atoveroso. You now created it. That's the neshama. And why do we use the verb create? Because remember, create is from something from nothing. It's called creation. And therefore the neshama is the first aspect that we can speak about. It's the beginning of our spiritual creation as a human being. Okay, that's the beginning. And then atoyitzarta, you formed it. That's for the next level of of ruach. Because giving it some kind of shape and then finally you blew it into me that's the nefesh that's the lowest level so we're we're acknowledging all five levels that we have and there's some interconnectedness between them two of the five we have a very strong connection with one we can occasionally get a connection with the other two are generally beyond us so this is your thanking Hashem for each and every one of the levels but then we come to the next point, point. and you watch it inside of me. So in, so this is to dispel the thought that we might think that now that you gave me a soul, it's all mine. It's mine, mamish. I can do whatever I want with it. I don't need you. Just like you give your children Hanukkah gifts. Once you give them the gift, they don't need you anymore. They play with the gift and you're not around. So that's not so. Hashem gives you the Hanukkah gift of a neshama. Atom you watch it inside of me. You're watching it inside of me every moment. And we know even after a person is born, the Mishnah says, against your will you're alive. Because the neshama has the holiness of Hashem on high and even, and truthfully, the neshama would want to run away from the body every moment, and you couldn't hold on to it. But Hashem keeps us alive by guarding it and keeping it in the body. Your neshama doesn't to be in your body; he wants to leave. Hashem watches it, keeps it in there. So we got to get used to looking at things the way they really are. Have you ever seen an neshama operate? So it's like Hashem just keeps. Blowing it in, blowing it in. You look at a table, it's it's there. It's there, nothing's gonna happen. But in the Shema, there's no natural reason for it to stay in the body. It would like to leave. So Hashem has to keep it in there. You know, an example. Some of person has an open heart surgery. So how do they do a surgery on a heart when it's beating? What do they do? Keep it They 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 stop the heartbeat, and now they get a machine, a heart lung machine, that beats for you. They it's it, they can even like separate the heart, if they need to, to a certain extent. And now you don't need the heart, but you need that heart lung machine, and then we so to speak reattach the heart and hope it's gonna to continue to work. Very easy, you do it with other body parts as well. These are not easy surgeries, but it's possible. It's possible to do this. On the other hand, what if you want to temporarily take the neshama out of the person for five minutes? You know? And we'll work it, don't put it back, then you can't, because you're dead. If the neshama's gone, it's completely gone. So that neshama is working every single moment. And if for one minute the neshama is gone, you're done for. And that's Atom Neshama B'Karbi. Every minute, Hashem is watching that neshama, not letting it leave, not even for a moment, because if it goes out for a moment, you are gone. Yeah. So we have heard stories where the people who uh, declared dead, but they came back, and it's uh, a great people who came back. Okay, so it's like a miracle. Because the Neshama maybe never left. Something was still left there. Okay. Now he gets into a very heavy, heavy discussion till the end of the chapter. Go to the next clause. And in the future you will take the Neshama from me. And you will return it to the end of the future. Two important concepts you're acknowledging. I will die and I will be resurrected. You must understand that every single day. You don't see people living three, four, five hundred years anymore. So we know the end is going to be unless Mashiach comes, everybody is going to die. And that's an awesome moment. And it's really a shame for people who don't prepare themselves properly for that moment. But great rabbis did. As we mentioned, it's Shalashittis, the tzaddikim, who wanted to say the Shekheonu brach on Hanukkah before they died. It's interesting. Nowadays, doctors can tell sick people you know, how much time they have left to live. No problem got cancer a and they say well you got about two to three years give or take they Got no problem saying that but a couple hundred fifty years ago doctors would never talk that way because you don't want them to lose hope to lose spirit they weren't as precise but the doctor of the altar from Kelm told the altar from Kelm that he's soon going to die and the relative said to the doctor privately why are you telling him this you're not supposed to tell a person they're going to die he says you're right i normally wouldn't but i know this jew for this jew death for him is like going from one room to the next i haven't done anything to change his view of what's going to happen so he just wants to know what, what time are you switching rooms <laughs> he's so holy what time are you switching rooms Used to be, in the good old days, Jews prepared themselves for the day of death. Everything needs preparation. And woe to the person doesn't prepare properly. So what is the special preparation a person have for that moment? Now, we're not suggesting any medically assisted deaths. But when it does come, like, what are you supposed to do? Just sit there and let it happen. It says the tzaddik, no, there's a certain avoda. Just like there's an avoda, how you get up in the morning. There's an avoda how you live in those last moments of your life. There is a specific avoda to be there. There's a lot you could do then. The main thing you have to be thinking of as, as you're coming down to the end of your life is that you are personally handing over your neshama to God. And this is the greatest guarantee that Hashem will give it back to you at the resurrection. Not, nothing is, you want to be resurrected. The greatest way to ensure you get resurrected is by telling God, Here, I'm giving you my soul. Just like we go to sleep, we say the Adon we say, I put my soul in, deposit into you. And I assume Hashem's going to give it back to me in the morning. So when a person comes to that moment in time, when you come to the end of the life, a person starts to make a calculation and he can have all kinds of thoughts at that time. It could depend on you know, how you were. You say, ah, I lived so long, I don't know anything. I really didn't learn any Torah. I don't remember anything. It can get you scared because soon there's gonna be the big final exam and you don't know anything for the test. And there are people who maybe haven't even done mitzvahs properly yet. There's all kinds of worries we could have. And then, oh, I want to live. I want to live. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Oh, it's a little too late. But this is what you can say. And just like we've reminded you, what is the bracha you make when you die, dialed Kiddush Hashem? What is it? To sanctify your name publicly. But there's another thing you should know. Even if you're not going to tell Kiddush which we'll still talk about, you should be having this in mind or saying, you say, I am giving myself over to your will and I ask only one thing. I want you to be watching me. That's it. And those last minutes to confess, you can confess and say, you did but to say, but I am now giving over, my soul is leaving, and I know it's going into your hands, and you're going to take good care of it. Because then, because we say in the Elo Kain Hashemah, but in the end, you will return it back to me. You want to guarantee God's going to give it back to you? Give it to him first. Let's put it this way. If you don't want to give away your soul, because a lot of people don't want to die, so then God has to take the soul from you. If he takes it from you, he doesn't have to give it back. But if you give it to him, then he's got to give it back. That's the idea. You say, no, I don't want you to take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. He says, I'm, it's mine. I'm taking it. Why should he give it back to you? You say, Hashem, here, take it. Take it. Hashem says, oh, you're giving it to me. I'll give it back to you. Okay, now this is said from all the earlier, earlier rabbis. Okay. Once you give yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He will return it to you afterwards. So therefore, really, every morning a person should say this brach. I know you're we're very tired in the morning. We say this brach. It's like very early. We're tired, but if we should have the right kavana and the patience. It's an awesome tefillah. Everything we, we said, to think and to say, I have shinasata be the soul that you gave to me. It's a pure soul. It's from the world of Atsilas, the world of life. ataverasa from the world of bria. Ato from the world of yitzira. be from From this world here, It's mamish inside of me. With it, I'm able to affect worlds. And you're watching it. And you're giving me constant life every minute. And then at the end, you're going to take it from me. But I want to give it to you. And I'm sure that you're going to bring it back to me. That is the greatest mesirous nefesh that you can find in life. And then we end. And as long as the soul is inside of me, ah, but right now I'm alive. I give thanks to you and everything I have that's with me. The master of actions, master of all souls. Another praise to God that you returned my soul in the morning and you're going to give it back to me. And I thank you for the essence of life. At the end of the day, there's nothing more special than life. He tells a story about Rav Mordechai Dov Weismendel, a Holocaust survivor from Hungary, and he tried very hard to save. He was in negotiations to save a million Hungarian Jews. Tried very hard. Almost succeeded, but it fell through at the end. He did save a number of Jews. He was a special person But he couldn't work it out. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. He lost everything. But after the Shoah, he came back a broken man. He went to Mount Kisco, upstate New York. He set up a yeshiva. He got married again, raised a family. It's not that he forgot the past, but he's able to intermingle the two worlds, the sadness of the past and the happiness of the future. And he says one time he was... uh, staying in a hospital after he had one of his heart attacks. And then while he's lying down, he feels very tired. He thinks he's going to die. He thinks he's going to die. He told us over. And he notices that he's turning to the wall at this point. He's facing the wall. And remember the Gemara says, anybody who dies is facing the wall, facing people, it's a good sign. If he's facing the wall, it's a bad sign. So I said, oh, what's going to be? What are people going to think? I'm facing the wall. So I strengthened myself so I could turn to the other side. But then I thought to myself, Mordech, I bear. How could you do this in your last moments to worry what people will think? Why, oh, you die? So we have to pray a lot for this. We don't want to lose this great moment over foolish things. We know that the Malach, who learned with the Beis Yosef, He told himself that you will merit to die al Kiddush Hashem. Big score to die al Kiddush Hashem, but the truth is he did not die al Kiddush Hashem. He died peacefully in his home. He died in Sfas. So what's going on? Was the Malch wrong? The answer is no. There's a possibility to always die al Kiddush Hashem. One way is to give your life and you die. That's one. But there's another way. What do you do? You hand your life over to Hashem. I'll die, I'll Hashem. I'm dying sanctifying Hashem's name. And how you do that is, you just what? You just say, Hashem, I'm giving it over to you. I'm giving you my life. And that's the base. He did that, he gave over his life that way. So we're we'll allowed to thank Akhodesh Baruch. It changes your whole perspective of what the rest of the day should look like. Okay, Shukayim everybody. What?